go ahead and be opening up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. We're going to be there in just a moment. You know, uh, on Mother's Day, Mother's Day is a day when uh, uh, your mom ought to be queen for the day. <laughs> and you want to treat her that way. Matter of fact, she deserves more than one day. And so uh, we, uh, I encourage you to do that. Uh, but we're not going to be talking about uh, the queens today. We're going to be talking about the king. Uh, and there is one king, and we're going to focus in on him. Matter of fact, we're going to launch into a new series over the next uh, several weeks, uh, focusing on the kingdom, and in particular, the blessings of the kingdom, as they are outlined in Matthew chapter 5, and we'll be getting into that, but just kind of uh, today, I, I just really want to focus in on this kingdom and make sure that we have that, that groundwork, that foundation laid about uh, the king. Now, uh, you know uh, where the king keeps his armies, don't you? He keeps his armies in his sleeves, all right? Uh, and so, uh, I know, bad dad joke on Mother's Day, <laughs> which makes it doubly worse, but I just thought I'd throw that out there to you. Some of you will enjoy that. Some of, a lot of you did not, so we're good with that. Uh, but we want to focus in on the king. Matthew, matter of fact, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7 uh, is one of the most detailed accounts of the public teaching and preaching uh, of Jesus. We have a lot of things that he said found all throughout the gospel. We have especially uh, several encounters that he had either with the disciples or with individual disciples or with individual people. Uh, but in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, we actually have the Sermon on the Mount, uh, which is a public sermon and teaching that Jesus did uh, there on a mountainside. And when you look at this sermon in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the subject or what really is repeated more than anything else in that sermon is the kingdom of God. Uh, he mentions it at least 10 times in this passage uh, where he actually uses the word kingdom. Uh, and then other things he just really is talking about, uh, the qualification, not really the qualifications, but really the description of what it means to live in his kingdom and what that looks like. As a matter of fact, is that not only, the, not only is that the subject of, uh, of, of Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the Sermon on the Mount there, but really throughout all the New Testament, there is an overwhelming emphasis on this kingdom of God. It is mentioned over a hundred times in the New Testament, the kingdom of God. Now, unfortunately, you don't hear a whole lot of sermons on that or a whole lot of teaching on that, although there are some out there that see that emphasis, and, and it really is an emphasis, and it gives us a, a proper understanding of what it means to follow Christ is that to follow Christ doesn't mean that, that we bring God into our lives so that he can do whatever we want him to do, that he's some genie in a bottle that, that works and serves us. No, we're enlisting in his kingdom, and we're not the king. He's the king. And so we need to have that, that proper understanding. That's what it means to be a Christian. Being a Christian doesn't mean that God serves you. It means that you have chosen to serve him. Serve him as the king. Matter of fact, that kingdom of God. Let me just mention a few verses here uh, in, in Matthew that, that talk about that. Matthew 6, uh, verse 10, that's where he's talking about the, the, uh, uh, the Lord's prayer, the model prayer. And when in that model of prayer, he says, this is how we ought to pray. We ought to pray, your kingdom come, 
Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we ought to be praying for God's kingdom to come. Not only that it will be a part of that kingdom one day, but that we might experience it right here, right now. And so we, we pray for that. In Matthew 6, Jesus said we're supposed to seek first what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things shall be added unto us. That's, that's our two other passages uh, found in this Sermon on the Mount where he's talking about the kingdom. But even go back before Matthew chapter 5, when Jesus, after he was baptized there, it says, uh, and he began his public ministry in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 17, it says, from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, this is what he said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then he goes on in at the end of, of Matthew chapter 4, and it talks about his public ministry there. And it says there in Matthew 4.23 that Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases among the people. So I think you're beginning to see that the kingdom of God is very important. We have been saved and redeemed to be part of his kingdom. His kingdom. And his kingdom is filled with blessings. And his kingdom is viewed in scripture as the priceless treasure. His kingdom is different than anything that this world uh, offers us. His kingdom is eternal and his kingdom is for us to experience right now. Matthew chapter 5. Look with me there beginning in verse 1 where it says, And seeing the multitudes, he went up. He is Jesus. So the multitudes are coming to him. And yes, he's been doing healing. He's been performing miracles. But he says, as you're coming to me, and, and he cared for the people and he cared for their needs. But he said, you need to understand some things. So he went up on a mountain and when he was seated, his disciples came to him and he opened his mouth and taught them. So he's beginning to teach that he's not just there to heal and to, to do these things, but there's some things that they need to understand. And this is what he said, verse 3, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Kingdom. And there's a lot more that he had to say as well, but we'll just stop there for this morning. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. Heaven. And understand, when he's talking about the kingdom of heaven, he's just not, not just talking about going to heaven one day. But he's talking about God's kingdom that we can experience and be a part of in the here and now. You know, in our, in our Bible reading, in, a, uh, in our engaged Bible reading, as we're reading through the Bible, if you're going through that, uh, in the Old Testament passages, we're in 1 Samuel. And as we've been going through 1 Samuel there, you see that in 1 Samuel what happened after Samuel came and, he, uh, and, and Eli passed away as the high priest and Samuel is the, the prophet, the judge, the last of the judges that is leading the people came to Samuel and told Samuel to go to God and they said, we want a king. We want a king. And they were seeking a king. They wanted to be like the nations around them and have a king. And what we begin to understand is 
They wanted a king, but they didn't want to be ruled by a king. <laughs> they, they wanted a king to look good. They wanted a king who would deliver them, but they didn't want to be ruled by a king. And matter of fact, Samuel says, he says, no. And, and he says, that's not what you need. Matter of fact, God has said, the Lord your God should be your king. But they were seeking another king. King and and by the way that that's the good thing about this kingdom is that the the Lord our God is our King and we can be a part of His kingdom. We don't need a better earthly king. We don't even need a better earthly president. We need to serve King Jesus, and all of that'll fall into place. He is our King. So let's let's talk about. Let me share with you. Let's focus in on some truths about the kingdom the first truth is this is that the kingdom of God is about a king that makes sense doesn't it the first four letters in kingdom is king and that's what a a kingdom is look in in John chapter 18 and verse 37 and we're going to look some in John 18 we'll look back in in Matthew at some things as well but in John chapter 18 this is Jesus's trial uh, when he is there before Pilate and that's part of what Pilate is trying to get from him he's asking him now you know in order for you to be accused of treason you got to be claiming to be a king. So are you a king? Are you this king of the Jews? Are you trying to take the, uh, the earthly kingdom away from Caesar and away from Pilate? That's what he was getting at and stuff there. And so he, he asked him about this king and, and, and everything. And, and Jesus gets in this discussion and Jesus says this in John chapter 18 and verse 37 says, Pilate therefore said to him, are you a king then? And Jesus answered, you say rightly, that I am a king. For this cause I was born. And for this cause I have come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth and everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Jesus says, yes, I am the king. He didn't deny it because he was. That's exactly who he was. There's a, a song some of you remember way back when about the, the king is coming. Uh, the, the, you know, and, and about the, the king and the, talking about his second coming. Let me tell you, the king has already come and he's coming again one day and his name is Jesus. That's what the kingdom means. The kingdom, the Greek word for kingdom is basileia and it means the dominion of a king. That's what a kingdom is. It's not just about being a part of a group. It's not just being a, a, about a, a, a part of being able to go to heaven one day. A kingdom is about the king. It is about a relationship with the king. And, and Jesus is our king. And Jesus is the one who rules over all things. Jesus is the one who is on the throne. But the problem is, is not everybody acknowledges that he is king. That he is king. And so the kingdom of God is when we acknowledge who the king is. Matter of fact, there's a wise, astute theologian who is in our presence today by the name of Larry Wright, who shared with me a definition <laughs> of the kingdom. Up on the screen there, there's this definition of the kingdom. This is what the kingdom of God is, all right? The kingdom of God is his government. He's the king. His government in the life of a person church, community, country, or continent who allows Jesus to rule and reign as Lord and King. That's what the kingdom of God is. Matter of fact, a simple way of putting it is this. 
It is God's way of doing things. Are you a part of the kingdom? Do you belong to the king? See, when you get saved, you join a kingdom. You join his kingdom. And that's what it means to confess Jesus as Lord. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. His name is Jesus and he is the Messiah. But Jesus the Messiah is the Lord. And another word for Lord is king. He is the king. And so when we come to Christ, when this is what saving faith is. And this is why the devil, although he has a belief about God, a belief about Jesus, he knows that Jesus is real. He knows who Jesus is. He knows what Jesus has done. But the devil will never be saved, will never be redeemed. Why? Because he will never bow the knee to the king. And what we do when we're saved, that's what being saved is, is saying, I'm not trusting in my own good works. I'm not trusting in a life that I can live. I'm not trusting in any religious works or religious do's or don'ts or anything like that. I'm trusting in Jesus, and I trust him so much, I surrender my life to Jesus. He is my king. The kingdom of God is about a king. A king. It involves... Surrendering to his rules, that he is the one that reigns over me. But the good news about this kingdom is not just that I surrender to his rules and he reigns over me, but this king lives and resides within me. And this king lives through me and reigns through me. I don't reign, he reigns. He is the king. The kingdom's about a king. Secondly, the kingdom of God is a treasure. The kingdom of God is a treasure. Now back in, in Matthew, in Matthew chapter 13 in particular, Jesus in his teaching we have in, in other places where some of the sermons that he preached, but it's a lot of the parables that he told. And in Matthew chapter 13, he told some parables about the kingdom. And in Matthew chapter 13 and verse 44, there's this parable about the kingdom. And he says, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. That's the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not something to run away from. The kingdom of God is the greatest treasure we will ever experience here on this earth. That's the kingdom of God. It is a tremendous treasure here in, in verse 44. This guy just stumbles across it. He just stumbles across it. And then he goes, and when he realizes what he has, he sells everything that he has. He gives everything up to be a part of this treasure. And it says that's what the kingdom of God is like. And many of you are, are like that. You aren't even looking for God. God came and found you. You stumbled across the truths of God. And your eyes were open and you saw glory, what God would do for you that you could have the forgiveness of sin and a relationship with him and he said I don't care what else there is in my life but I tell you what I want this Jesus that's the kingdom of God and he goes on and tells another parable in verse 45 where he says again the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls who when he had found one pearl of great price went and sold there it is again all that he had and bought it. 
See, this is a little bit different. This guy, he is actually seeking a great treasure. He is seeking salvation. He is seeking a relationship with God. And he tries and he looks here and that, that's not good and that's not good. And then all of a sudden he finds it. He finds Jesus. He finds this gift of grace. He finds this gift of salvation and says, this is what I've been looking for. This is what I want. And he gives away everything and gives his life to this treasure. That's the kingdom of God. See, the kingdom of God is of infinite value. Why do we spend so much on the things of this world that will not satisfy See, that's just it. If you seek money to satisfy, you'll never have enough money. If you seek popularity and, and prestige to satisfy, there'll always be someone more popular and more prestigious than you. If you seek intellect and the, and the, the mind and, and achievements, there will always be other achievers and, and other intellect and people that'll be smarter than you and accomplish more than you. But there is nothing greater than Jesus. The kingdom of God is a treasure. And by the way, the treasure of the kingdom is not his gifts and his blessings. The treasure of the kingdom is the king. And to be able to live in fellowship and in a personal relationship with him, that's great treasure. And if you have to sacrifice everything and that is all that you have. You'll have everything in him. The kingdom of God is a treasure. Number three, the kingdom of God is different. Different. So already some of you are getting a little bit confused because you're trying to figure out the kingdom of God by worldly standards, and it just don't work that way. The kingdom of God. God is completely different. Matter of fact, back in 1 Samuel, when uh, God took the kingdom away from Saul and decided he was going to give it to David, and when Samuel came to David's family, to Jesse, and asked to see his sons, and he saw some qualified young men that looked like they would make great kings, and, and God told him that, and he goes, nope. He said, you're looking through your eyes, but I don't look the same way you look. I don't see the same things you see. You look on the outward appearance, but I look upon the heart. God's ways are not our ways. God's, the way God sees things is not our And his kingdom is completely different. Back in John chapter 18, we read that verse about what Jesus said to, to Pilate before then. He said this to Pilate. He answered one of the questions. He said uh, to him, Jesus answered, he said, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. His kingdom is different. It's not an earthly kingdom with, with temporary material treasures. And it's not, it's not a kingdom that just benefits me. Listen, the greatest benefit of being in the kingdom is that I have a relationship with the king. There may be suffering in his kingdom. There may be sacrifice. There will be sacrifice in the kingdom. There will be suffering in the kingdom. But let me tell you, what you get in this kingdom is worth more than anything this world has to offer. Kingdom is different. Doesn't fit in with my flesh. 
It doesn't fit in with the views of this world. Matter of fact, back in, in, in Matthew chapter 5, when Jesus is, is sharing this, this sermon of the kingdom, the, the sermon on the mount and teaching about the kingdom, he has to tell them from the very beginning. He says, you know, you've heard this and you've heard that and you've thought this and you've thought that. But then he said time and time again, but I say unto you, but I say unto you, but I say, see, his kingdom is different. Matter of fact, these blessings of the kingdom, which we're going to really start getting into in depth next week and stuff, you'll see that, that it doesn't sound really like blessings until you understand who the king is and what he's calling you to. It's different. Listen to what the king says and do what the king says, whether you understand it or not. He is the king and he's doing it his way and his way is different. Different. The kingdom of God is different. Fourthly, the kingdom of God blesses. Blesses. There are blessings in the kingdom of God. And Matthew, just being a part of the kingdom is a blessing. Back in Matthew chapter 5, the verses that we read starting off with there. Notice he says in verse 3, he says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then he goes on and says, Blessed are those who mourn, and blessed are the meek, and blessed are those who hunger and thirst. There are blessings in the kingdom. The kingdom of God, actually being a part of the kingdom of God, is a blessing. These beatitudes are the blessings of the kingdom. Some, when they see the word blessing, and there's some translations that want to translate that happy happy are you and I understand some of where they get that from but it is far deeper than happiness you see some you know with Mother's Day some say well mama ain't happy ain't nobody happy we're talking about a different kind of happy totally different this is much more than that matter of fact makarios is the word that is used it's where we get the word macro you know micro is is many macro is large a matter of fact it's more than large this word means to be completely full to have full fullness to have a a fullness over to the point of overflowing with joy and with satisfaction and it is a, a satisfaction and a joy of the heart not of the flesh and God has this type of blessing you see he's the one that made us and the only thing that can really satisfy us is the king Serving the king, honoring the king, having relationship with the king, the king speaking to us, the king being pleased. We can try to find satisfaction in everything else and we'll just end up empty. But in Jesus, we can be fully blessed and experience that. We can have an experience of revival and renewal in our lives. And this is what the king gives. We don't earn it. They are gifts of grace that we come before the king out of this relationship with him because he's not just the king, but he's our father. He's our father in heaven. And as his child, he loves to bless his children. There are blessings of the kingdom. And then fifthly, understand this, the kingdom of God is eternal, is eternal. You know, I talked about the references to the kingdom of God that Jesus had from the very moment he started preaching, but the kingdom of God was something that was taught even before Jesus was born. 
In Matthew chapter 1, when the angel appeared to Mary and said, you're going to be with child. And then he said, let me tell you about this child. In Luke chapter 1, Luke chapter 1 and verse 32, he said, this is, what, this is who he is going to be. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. You see, he is the king. <laughs> he is the promised king. And then he says this. He says, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no in. You see, the kingdom of God is eternal. Jesus is an eternal king, and his reign is forever. There is a day coming when that one throne will be elevated for everyone to see. And guess who's going to be seated on the throne? His, we were just singing about him earlier. His name is Jesus. Jesus will be on the throne. And the Bible tells us that every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is the King. Jesus is Lord. That is the, the blessing of the kingdom. And then there will be that when all the redeemed of every tribe and every nation will be gathered around the King, will be gathered around the throne, and will say, worthy is the Lamb to receive blessing and honor and glory and power Jesus is the one who is worthy and everything will be made right and there'll be no more death and there'll be no more sorrow there'll be no more sin there'll be no more Satan Jesus will reign forever and ever and if you have made the choice to give your life to King Jesus let me just go ahead and tell you now you've made the right choice his kingdom is eternal, eternal. But then finally, let me just remind you, his kingdom is now. Oh, that day's coming, but Jesus is on the throne right now. And we are a part of his kingdom. And we need to be serving in his kingdom. And that means honoring King Jesus right now. Now, you see, the kingdom teaching didn't end with Jesus. The kingdom teaching continued throughout all of the New Testament. And the early church preached the kingdom. Matter of fact, in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, Jesus, right before he ascended, he told them uh, there, no, Acts chapter 1 and verse 3, and he was, as he was after he had re was resurrected, before he ascended, this is what it says about Jesus. It says, to whom he also presented himself alive. Jesus showed up, showed that he was resurrected, showed that he was alive after his death. It says, after his suffering, by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days. And this is what he did during those 40 days. Speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. He preached the kingdom. Paul, he wasn't even there on that day in Acts chapter 1. He didn't even see the resurrected Jesus then. Oh, he met him. He ran into him on the road. And Paul went out and went into all the world. And what did he preach? You say he preached the gospel. Absolutely, he preached the gospel. But understand, part of the gospel is the kingdom of God. Because in Acts chapter 28 and verse 23, as Paul was there in a prison cell in Rome, but had gone to Rome, 
Rome to do what? To preach the gospel and to do this. It says, so that when they appointed him a day, many came to him at his lodging to whom he explained and solemnly testified of the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus from both the law of Moses and the prophets from morning till evening. What is he saying? He's saying, if you want Jesus but don't want Jesus to be king, you don't understand the gospel. The gospel, Jesus has saved us and redeemed us and forgiven us. Why? That we might have a relationship with him as king. King. And that kingdom is for the right now. The king is on the throne right now. The king is here in this sanctuary right now, ready to receive our worship, ready to speak into our lives, ready to direct us, ready to save whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. He will save you now. We need to serve him now. We need to worship him now. We need to tell others about King Jesus. You see, he He's always on the throne. You say, well, why are things happening like they are? His plan is unfolding. We can't see it all right now. We don't understand it all right now. But he knows what he is doing, and he is king, and he shall reign forever and ever. Let's serve King Jesus now. Now. This is Doug Ferris, and I'm blessed to be the pastor here at Underwood Baptist Church. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast. It's our prayer that you'll do more than listen to the sermon or gather religious information. We want you to encounter God, and we pray that He will impact your life. If you'd like to contact us for any reason, please go to our website at underwoodbaptist.org. All our contact information is there, and we look forward to hearing from you. I hope you are blessed by today's message.